friends, welcome. This is it. We have over a decade of episodes unpacking stories and life to help you discover your purpose, your divine design, and what you are wired to do. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt. Please subscribe on YouTube or subscribe to Girlfriend It so we can be in it together. All right, welcome. Uh, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm watching Amberly dance to that music, and uh, I'm cringing because it's it's a new intro and I'm I'm listening to my voice. And of course, Amberly, you have to say your little comment about when you heard your voice in college. Oh yeah, so uh, when I when I started at Grand Canyon University as a freshman, I. But I got my first answering machine that it was not my parents' message, but my message. And of course, I had to spend hours fashioning it. But finally, when I listened to the playback, I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, is that what I sound like? I am so annoying. No wonder I don't have a boyfriend. I mean, it was so. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was humble pie that I got to eat for sure. Yeah. It, it's funny because when I listen to, you know, the videos that we used to do uh, our, our babies back in the day, you know, on the home videos, I'm always doing this baby talk. And I go, why didn't someone tell me just stop talking, Patty? It's like, hi, come to mommy. Oh, yes. You want to come look at mommy's little rock we paint? <laughs> like, What's funny is that I did not baby talk my babies at all. Like I was determined not to baby talk. But with, when we got a dog, I found myself like, oh, give me one. Like, why did I revert with the dog, but not with my own offspring? There's yeah. probably some therapy in there somewhere. But uh, it's just, it's crazy. Oh, that's funny. Well, welcome to Girlfriend It. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt. And this is part two of part two. And we are uh, talking with Amberly Neese. She's the author of Common Ground. And we were sharing in part one, just the the part of relationships that's not the fun part, the part that is wounding. And we have um, areas in our life that, you know, you're going along you're in these friendships and all of a sudden there's something that will just snag you and it can either stay on the surface or it goes deep and boom, all of a sudden the next thing you know, your relationship is severed. It leads to so much conflict. And we were just talking in part one that sometimes it's worse than a divorce. And we don't take time. Weird. Oh, there's jealousy in a relationship or I'm dealing with this kind of pain. And we also, I think we don't make space to grieve. We don't understand uh, what that even looks like. And there was research done it actually grieving a relationship takes about four years. It was done in Australia and they they interviewed like 10,000 adults who lost a close friend. Just talking about how it, it affects you physically and mentally. Um, to, to think of that, I think that helps us. It gives us permission to go, you know what? I can grieve this and all of a sudden you think you're okay and something will come along. Like I mentioned in the last episode where you'll hear a podcast or someone will talk about a relationship and then that pain is right there, just sitting there and you don't know what to do with it. Uh, so you wrote a book, Amberly, talking about common ground. Like tell us a little bit about this. 
Yeah. So I felt like the Lord was really calling me now. Um, I, I felt led in, in like February of 2020 when COVID really kind of hit, uh, its peak. I, the, my first book was launching, it was coming out, but I just kept watching people in my life, people I love, people who claim Jesus as Lord and savior doing some really un loving things on social media to one, you know, the cancel culture and the political tumults and the social, I mean, the, the, the mask, you know, issues uh, where, wherever you are in either side, I was watching these people who are all about unity, really polarizing. And I felt like the Lord was asking me to get in the word and kind of figure that out myself, but then also to write a, write um, a, uh, a Bible study about it. And what I found was I loved the sibling relationships in the Bible. I mean, they're, they're all sorts of, they're all sorts of crazy. They're like the Cardassians of their time. But I will tell you that I, I found myself thinking there is hope in these stories. How do brothers and sisters in Christ, how can we navigate these waters by looking at the relationships that these siblings, um, navigated themselves good and bad they're examples good and bad and they're not all good so um so i that was my journey and then common ground was born so the the book title is actually common ground loving others despite our differences and i've told people like oh it's about the sibling rivalries or the sibling relationships and people are like well i don't have siblings i'm an only child it's like yeah but you're not if you're in christ you have siblings and all the glamour that ensues from having siblings uh, that we get to dive into. And so Common Ground was born. Yeah. And it, it is interesting when you do have siblings. I do think that it gives you a great foundation. Um, you know, once again, we talked about that, the way we are wired and to move forward in your relationships. And uh, I, I have a nephew that's an only child. And I see the difference in how they can respond to cousins, you know, you, you have to have all of that in order to, uh, fully understand who you are and how you respond to to so many people. I know for me, I'm the baby of six and my mom used to say, we couldn't come go to her and tattle unless there was blood. And I think there's a lot to be said for that because you learn how you learn your coping mechanisms, right? I learned how to deal with conflict because no one was there to rescue you And it helps you. It it helped me to to deal with it. It's probably why I don't avoid conflict now. Oh, I think that I think that that is brilliant. I mean, and the first time my mom ever read Kevin Lehman's book, The uh, Birth Order, she was like, I finally figured you out. And I'm like, really? Some little 200 page book is going to help me figure (laughs) out who I am. But diggity dang, if you read that firstborn child, it was like he'd gone through my garbage. You know, it's so it's so interesting. But also how we navigate those relationships. And it really does bleed into how we deal with people in real life, yeah. you know, how, how that works. So anyway, no, I'm with you. And I think that was probably the most loving thing your mom could have done, which is no tattling, unless somebody's bleeding, unless no. there's danger. Yeah. I don't want to hear about it. Well, so, especially when, when you go into the corporate world and you, we have so much of that right now, yeah. It's, it's tattling and I'm going to go to human resources. And I, uh, I feel like you are creating this, you know, this conflict and yeah. uh, th- this atmosphere that I don't feel safe in. And I, I'm, I'm not mocking that. I know it's real, no. oh, but I know. It, it's like, okay, how about going to the person? 
Right. And there's some things that HR does need to handle, but within our house, it was always work it out. That was it. Yeah. That's all they got from me. Work it out. I don't want to yeah. hear it. Work it out. And it's not that I didn't love them. It's that I wanted them to have the coping mechanisms to deal with it. So yeah, I, yeah. I get you. I understand. Have you, have you seen how some moms will put them in the same t-shirt, like a big, huge t-shirt? Oh yes. I think that's hilarious. I love I think that's it. Hilarious. Not sure that that, that would have worked for me, but <laughs> I think that, I think that that's a really interesting I think that's a really interesting um, way to 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 handle things. Yeah. So my parents did. Again, um, my dad went to Berkeley in the late '60s with a political science degree, so a little bit different perspective for sure, politically at least, ideologically for sure. But he said he would say, "Practice being nice." That was uh, the thing. And my sister and I would mock him in the back, like practice being nice. But you know what? She and I know how to play. We we know how to work together. And yeah. we, and we did practice. Those were, those were muscles. So we do know how to play well with others. We do know how to, you know, um, handle ourselves in the sandbox of life. And, um, and I'm very thankful for that, even though it was, I mocked my parents mercilessly for that particular thing. I'm sure my kids will say to their kids, my mom used to say, you know, work it out. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm okay with that. <laughs> and I think it does help. My, my kids weren't allowed to toddle either. And to this day, they, they just, I think you learn not to talk about each other yes. when you deal with it that way. So it stops some of that. Um, okay. So I want to go into, uh, I, I love this because you, you talk about Joseph and his brothers on how to combat jealousy and you talk yes. about Moses and Miriam and how to work together despite your differences and Mary yes. Martha, Martha and Lazarus on how to appreciate each other and and your gifts that you bring to the table. And then uh, with Rachel, having compassion for the plight of others. So you, you really do cover it in all of these um, relationships. So I, I would recommend for people to run and grab this in common ground. And with that, I want to talk I'm gonna, about- I'm gonna add, I know that this, I'm the author so I can say this. This absolutely, this study can absolutely be done by oneself. Absolutely, 100%. There's all the leader helps. There's all the, why not do it with somebody else? Like grab a friend and say, let's let's dive into this together. Because when you're doing a study about loving others despite our differences, it might be nice to have iron sharpen iron and have people who are different than we are. Um, maybe not a stranger off the street, although that could happen. But um, I think that there's something really powerful about doing it together. And I have gleaned so much doing the study with other leaders. Um, I've challenged other leaders to do it with me. And man, there is something in the in the wrestle. Um, and uh, I, I think there's true beauty in that wrestle when you are wrestling through those things together. Um, because although they sound really sweet, like, oh, you know, celebrating the contributions of others, that just sounds so sweet in Sunday school. It's not easy. It yeah. is not easy. And like I said before, not for sissies. It is not for sissies. It is hard work, but yeah. so worth it. So worth yeah. it. Well, and when you say it's so worth it and you talk about just the political, you know, there's so much social engineering going on right now. And like you said, social media and everything. I, I think it's such a great time for this book to be out. And I know even for me, you know, I, I shared that baby of six and the siblings, we get along because we had to work it out. But yeah. all of a sudden, this political divide started taking place just within the last couple of years. And I'm I'm blown away by this, that it's hard. And I, I've even noticed my own heart 
I, I become hardened when somebody is sharing something that I don't necessarily agree with. And like we talked about last, last episode, this blaming where instead of purging your own and knowing where your intentions are of, I'm all about teaching people lean in, stay curious, you know, do the SBIR model, (laughs) but then it hits you and you go, no, I'm tapping out. Like, okay. So Patty, so I know that you're interviewing me, but I'd really love to unpack this with you. So Um, I read an article about the Titanic, the survivors of the Titanic, and they talk about the fact that when you are struggling, when you're afraid of drowning, that you will grab onto anything. And some of them even admitted that in their panic, if somebody tried to take the piece of boat that they wanted to grab on, they would hoard that piece of boat Mm -hmm. because they for their own protection. And I feel like in the tumultuous waters that have been COVID college and all the all the things that we've gone through, I think people are grabbing on with everything yeah. to what they feel like is true. But the problem is they're missing out on the opportunity to to learn and grow with others. And again, easier said than done. But yeah, I love your I love your perspective on that. In the in the crazy and the and the unknown of some of the things that have happened to us, let's say in the last five years. I think we're holding on to the toilet seats of the boat and saying, yeah. like, you can't have this. You're, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do whatever. And I'd love your, I'd love your two cents on that. What do you think? Absolutely. And and that was a a great Im- the imagery that you did there. And that that is so true. I I was a lifeguard for years and years, and that was one of the biggest, you know, tips was that if you go to save someone and they they'll grab onto you and they will bring you under is, you know, grab them by the hips and shove them away and get, yeah. get out, you know, and yeah. get up to, to breathe, get up and get yes. that air. And I think that's what we're doing. We're shoving people away and we're breathing. We're just getting up and treading water. Yeah. And with that, we're seeing that in, in the relationships at, at church yes. and instead of going there and arguing about who's wearing a mask and who's not wearing a mask, we go, you know what, I'm just going to sit on my couch and watch the message from here. And I'm guilty of that as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and then what happens is we're not building those relationships. We're not building the community. It's becoming about one speaker and let's just see who's the best speaker and who's getting the most fame here. And I mean, you can see how this is spiraling. It's oh, absolutely out of control. And what do we do with it? Absolutely. So I had a friend from high school uh, who's not a believer who contacted me and said, you know, watching all this interaction on social media, um, it's really clear what you Christians are against. But what are you for? Mm. And at first I had to say, I'm so sorry that our PR department in Christianity is kind of not, not killing it right now. Like we're not, we're showing our backsides in a lot of ways. And I'm so sorry that this is what you think because Jesus was for people and God is for you. And he has put, um, Christians, um, in place to make a difference in their community. And I'm sorry that that's what that's how you see it. You know, I'm yeah. sorry that that's perception, but that's what she, she was. I love that. She was so candid with me and said, yes. come on, you're killing me. And I don't, when you watch what happens in churches with church splits or some of the stuff that's happened recently, um, it grieves me. And if it grieves me, I can't imagine what it's doing to the Holy spirit to, yeah. to 
watch his people have, you know, WW or MMA fights about whatever the thing is yeah. about masks or whatever. And yeah. so, yeah, it's been, it's been a season. And so that's what I'm excited about getting in God's word, getting some practical tools of how to love people well and to love one another and not just be nice. Every preschool teacher I've ever heard is like, be nice, be nice. And I think the church, no, it's not just about being nice. It's about living love yeah. and um, not just playing nice, but truly being loving. And um, and so I'm excited about diving into that and trying to figure out how to navigate these waters together. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And I think what what's going to happen uh, well, I mean, if you watch history and we are way off topic about the woundedness that takes place in our yeah. French, <laughs> true. It's so true. So easy to get off topic though, because of what's going on and it's, it's just all around us. But, uh, you know, you think of what happened right before the, the rowing, the, um, uh, I can, the roaring twenties, I couldn't get that word out. And then you had the depression and then it goes up. Like you watch these patterns of it goes really deep. And then all of a sudden we're, we're flying high and now we've, we've dealt with COVID. And as we're coming back up, you can already, as a matter of fact, we were walking this morning and our neighbors were talking about, you know, the Disney cruise that they're going on and we it's all of a sudden we're back, you know, and we are going to come back. We, we have, you know, this, this money that the government has sent us, we're buying refrigerators, we're buying cruises, we're like, we want to party. And yeah. that's going to be interesting. Like, yes, someone mentioned, I was just with this guy yesterday, and he said, are we going to go into the times of Rome now? Because we want entertainment and celebration and we have less people showing up at church, but we're craving that kind of community. And yeah. who are we going to get entertained? You know, basically, who are we going into the arena with now? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I, I think that, that it'll be interesting. But wouldn't it be great if the church uh, took their responsibility seriously and figured out how to love people well in all of this crazy. Um, and so that, that to me, I, I'm hoping that people are hunkering down and getting into God's word. I hope that they yeah. are so hungry for that. Cause it's, it's just like, I mean, when Aaron um, took, ask everybody to take their earrings, you know, he said, can I have your earrings? I'm going to make this golden cap, which yes. I think is, it's so funny. Like when you read it in Sunday school, you're like, are you kidding me? They, they literally worshiped something that was, that they made, you know, that yeah. came out of their ears or their noses or whatever. And, and they, a cow, and they a cow of all things. Sometimes, sometimes I do that with cheesecake. I've made it. And you think <laughs> that I, I know that where it came from, but I still like, Ooh, this is, I can, I could go to this for comfort, but it's just interesting. If we could be equipped to not fall into the traps of this, of the people that have come before us, um, I think we will be well served. And I feel like, honestly, this is the time for churches. Yes. It, like more than ever, January of 2020, as you know, research came out that said 61% of Americans admitted to being lonely in January of 2020, before all this crazy quarantine happened. Yeah. And so can you imagine this is the time for the church to rise and say, let's be community. Let's, let's look at Acts 2 church and let's follow their example and let's uh, you know, let's get out of God's way and allow him to add to the, these numbers every day because people are desperate for community, yeah. whether that's on the Disney cruise or whatever. We need one another and people are desperate for connection. 
Well, and, and you said it, they're desperate for a community. And I, I know as I'm training and coaching, there's right now what's taking place is people are waking up in the morning, they're grabbing their computer, they're getting on, they're not doing their normal, you know, getting dressed, taking their kids to school, stopping by Starbucks. And, you know, even at work, the organic way of those relationships, you know, talking to somebody, they're getting on their computer, they're still in their pajamas, they're going from one Zoom meeting to the next. In between Zoom meetings, they're putting their makeup on and they're they're just fried. There's the Zoom fatigue. They're feeling isolated. They're feeling lonely. So I heard you, um, I heard someone say that during COVID, you either became a chunk or a hunk, a <laughs> drunk or a monk. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Like, oh gosh, a little bit of all those things. Yeah. Um, yes, That's totally. It's so. It's so interesting. And that's why we do have to step up, though, as the church. And when you said community, we need community. We need to figure out a way that this is the place. This is your Disney cruise right here. Like, yes. how do we do that? How do we build these relationships? Because what we've also seen is, is through this, when people are feeling so lonely, it's we've gotten into this habit of, I'm not even going to pick up the phone and call my friend because I have been virtually either in a computer or on the phone all day long. So yeah. I'm wasted. And now I have to establish these relationships again. Yeah. So we we have to be intentional and in going, what does that look like? What getting women together and and showing the love and, and like you said, definitely spending that time, you know, finding that space with Jesus and having that relationship, but then getting out of this you know, not only vertical relationship with God, but also going and and that horizontal relationship to go, all right, totally. now this is what I'm wired for. So historically, I do women's retreats in the fall and the spring. That's when women's retreats happen. I mean, I think since Moses was in junior high, that's when women's retreats happen. <laughs> this yeah. summer, I'm doing five women's retreats. And it's because it's churches who say, our women cannot wait till the fall. We have got, wow. they've just five women's treats in summer when mostly it's the kids at, yeah. at summer camp. That's the, that's the deal. So interesting. And I think it's because they've recognized the hunger. They see it in their yep. sheep and they're saying, we've got to be proactive. And I think as a, as a body, we need to be proactive. And it sounds like a lot of we um, and should, and I'm so sorry, I'm part of that. I am, I am the chief of sinners when it comes to that. And so- yep. Um, and so, yeah, that's why I'm excited about sharing a resource that hopefully gives some practical, pragmatic uh, tools for people to use to connect and to connect more deeply and more in a more healthy way. Absolutely. And I just just for the record, when you said I am chief of the sinners, I said, yes, I agreed with you. I said, yes, um, but you're not laughing. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I no, it's OK. I, I'm like, I, yes. Yes, yep. you are. You are chief of the sinners. But... I am the chief of the sinners. Absolutely. And <laughs> yeah, I and I'm okay with that. I'm I'm sure I have a cool chief name. There's something, I don't know, stands with a cup of coffee is my chief name. I don't know, but uh, but it's true. It's true, it's true. And I, I'm right there with you. I, I'm good at preaching it and I don't know what that looks like. I don't know um how we can, mm. you know just come together and be able to, to be the church. Like you said, where people aren't saying, Oh, you're over there and you believe in that. And you guys don't wear your mask anymore. And you guys don't, it's like, how do we change 
that uh, dynamic. So um, recently in our small group, we made a commitment to take a day um, and fast. And I know if I've said, if I admit to fasting, I'm taking away the blessing, but go with me on this. We decided to fast and it happened recently. And we had a specific thing for which we were praying and asking the Lord for seeking his face. And it's been a long time since I've been really hungry. So about eight o'clock on the night of fasting, I could have eaten the refrigerator handle. Like I was so hungry. And what I recognized is I've been feeding myself three days, three times a day for so long. I don't remember the last time I was really hungry. Like, so I was so hungry. And I go, yeah, I know yeah. that there are people that are like, you're in comparison to yes. Africa or, you know, I get that. But I think in our desire to fill the empty place with Disney cruises and, you know, uh, cool refrigerators and whatever, we're filling that, but we're not recognizing how hungry we are for connection. Mm -hmm. And so that's my going to be my first challenge. Recognize we need yeah. God and we need each other. Yeah. And recognize that hunger, recognize that need. And that that is from the Lord. It is not just, um, you know some, some great philosophers where this is from the Lord, those one another's in the new Testament, those, you know, the, the community that we get from. So I think recognizing the hunger is step one and then recognizing who we are and what we bring to the table with our issues to our tissues and our strengths and our spiritual gifts and all those things. And, and how do we navigate that well? And how do we invite people into our process? Absolutely. And what, what a great way for us to end the show with, with those tips. And, and once again, we started out in part one talking about just the vulnerability there in our relationships and um, how we need to address them, you know, come from a place of honesty and humility and uh, be able to go to your friends to heal through this, this conflict and, and inviting you know, Christ into that, you know, go, go the Matthew 18 way and yet still be able to have that discernment of, do I need to go address this person or can I just bring it to the Lord? Uh, so the tips there on bring it up fast, use the SBI model. If you can use I statements, I feel I'm, I'm feeling frustrated or uh, whatever. Don't do the blaming where you're pointing the finger. And then here we are in part two. Somehow we went into the Titanic and grabbing the toilet seat from people that around us. And those were great, great tips, Amberly. And I just want to say, once again, it was an honor to have you on the show. Uh, for those listeners out there, go and run and get this book, uh, Common Ground. And there we can discuss even more relationships. And like you said, Amberly, do it with somebody. Do this yes. with a friend. A Zoom, you can do a Zoom. Honestly, you can do a Zoom Bible study. You can you can get creative. You can put it in your front yard. Whatever's going to make you feel comfortable to include others in the process. But yes, grab others. Grab, grab others. And with that, we are passionate about moving you from here to there. You were created for a divine design beyond limits. So tag, you are it. And we are in it together. Thanks again for listening. And we will be back next week. Thanks for listening to Girlfriend It because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.